Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. I hope you are safe and well wherever you are listening to this podcast from. This is a series that I have named Transition and I wanted to give back to the industry and really talk about strategy moving forward and how we can continue to operate our businesses safely, profitably and think about a new strategy and purpose as we move forward to build a better industry. So what I've done is built this 10-part series in which I talk to industry experts in Australia, New Zealand and the US on what they believe is the best strategy to focus on to survive. Continuous improvement is a shared responsibility, but action is an independent one. So I hope you really enjoy these episodes as we move forward in this special 10-part series and really get something out of it. So make sure you share this with people that you think are going to get some value out of it. I'd really love to know what you think. Take care. Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. Fantastic to have you listening. I know this is going to be a highly energetic podcast that we're going to get into as I've done so much research on Tim, uh, our next guest, um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, Tim O'Sullivan is the co-founder of Bay Juice, which is uh, a very, very sexy uh, brand. He's also the co-founder of Betty and Me, which is a cafe in Essendon in Melbourne. And uh, we're going to talk about Trady Tucker as well um, as we... Uh, trucker, sorry. I apologize. Um, as we move forward in this podcast. Hey, Tim. How are you? Hey, very good, mate. Thank you. Good intro. Yeah, Trady Tucker. That's, uh, no, it is Tucker, you're right. Yes. Um, no, thanks for having me. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to talk all things... Hospo products, COVID, whatever. I'm ready to rock and roll. All right. Well, well, let's get ready to rock and roll and, and talk about maybe how you started out your career uh, in the hospitality game because you are, you know, so broad at an early age and it's really exciting to see you do so many cool things. So how did you get started? Um, I think the, the, the beauty of Hospo as well was um, I didn't really need much university degrees to tackle some cool experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated school. I got kicked out of Xavier in year 10 in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> I, I just uh, stole heaps of ski jackets in New Zealand. I was on, I was on the news actually. Okay. I, was on a ski, I was on a ski tour and um, we all just decided to, to steal jackets from this shop and we got caught. <laughs> um, so it wasn't my proudest moment. I, it was 10 years ago in May. So it's nice to have the 10 year number. Cool. Um, you having so a party really for it? Or? <laughs> It's just a nice number, so it doesn't reflect on me anymore, really. 10 years is definitely, oh, surely he's moved on. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I from school, barely got through um, my next school. It was like a, the biggest breath of fresh air, weight off my shoulders the minute the last day of year 12 happened. It was like, mm. right, well, I put no pressure on myself or studies. And I was like, well, what do I want to do? What can I do? And I started working in different bar jobs. Um, I did Maccas when I was 16 mm-hmm. in the, you know, whipping up burgers with the little glue gun, clicking the sauces. It was awesome. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Um, <laughs> and so I, I, I did that whole shebang um, into bartending, did events, did the trance tent at Stereosonic. That was a, an oh, interesting wow. site. Um, I managed it as well. It's because I knew the person there and she goes, oh, you you got some leadership skills. You can manage this. Sure. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> got, all these, got all these people on the walkie talkie saying, oh, we need more. We're at tent number three. We need more stuff. And I had it on no volume. So everyone's running over going, why aren't you bringing over extra stock? I'm like, I don't know. And then they're like, you're walking. It turns it off. So <laughs> <laughs> good. So, so I had a few shaky starts, but um, I really enjoyed it. I, worked, I liked working late. It was kind of cool and having mm. a few knockoffs after. So I kind of enjoyed the hospo scene. Mm. I did my stint on Chapel Street at a few bars and all that sort of stuff. And um, 
I guess I ended up traveling with a mate and I lived 12 months as well. So mm-hmm. um, we went there for a holiday and we found out that they had really bad taste of music. They listened to like really trancy EDM. So we introduced some like deep housey sort of stuff and they were like, this is really cool. Um, so we started bringing some artists over from Melbourne and we were doing events and taking over bars in Ho Chi Minh, like rooftop venues. And we had like client liaison come and do a rooftop gig in 45 degrees. Wow. And so I had a pretty crazy experience in Vietnam, which was a holiday with a, a friend that was sort of pretty big in hospo as well. Mm. He actually owned the People's Market. Did you ever, have you ever heard, heard of that. the People's Market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like 2012, 2014, yeah. the first sort of um, container ship kind of concept in Melbourne, yeah. even though yeah, it was big yeah. in the UK already. Yes. Um, so we had all these great ideas, went crazy in Vietnam. A few ideas fell to shit and then, you know, it was time to come back. So... I guess I came back to Melbourne sort of five or six years ago and I was still pretty young and excited. And to be honest, I was pretty loose. Um, I was, I drank all the time, went out for, from Friday to Sunday. I was yeah. wild. So um, yes. I guess what really started my career was my parents thinking, how are we going to snap Tim in line? Like, what, what are we going to yeah. do here? Yeah. To just sort of give him a big crack, you know? And for them, they're like, let's get him up at 5.30 and open a cafe. Um, <laughs> and it was probably the, it was probably the smartest thing from a parental angle you could ever do for a loose son get Absolutely. him up at 5 30 and give him some accountability yes and no matter what you do the night before you start to go to bed at you know 12 It'll o'clock and it goes earlier, to 11 right? and it goes to 10 o'clock and you start only drinking on a friday and all of a sudden i was i was cleansed because of these 5 30 alarms and um so for a bit of backstory my dad was in sales, I was a roundabout bartender. My mum was a primary school teacher and mm. we brought a cafe four years ago um, just because dad was sick of the, the sales roles. He'd been doing it for 30 years. Mum mm. was a teacher for 20 years. And I, Let's just buy a cafe. Um, it was about 40 square metres, could seat 35, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So that was four years ago, doing about seven or eight kilos of coffee and they weren't open on Sunday. Um, so not your traditional right. Melbourne coffee. They were okay. just battling. Um, but it was surrounded by high schools. It was on a great little street in Rose Street in Essendon, mm-hmm. um, across the road from the station, developments mm-hmm. in the making. So we're like, we put two and two together saying, you know, it couldn't be that hard really, you know, just to mm-hmm. get some customers in. We're from the area. Mm-hmm. So we took over the cafe. We churned for like nine to 10 months. Just tweaking the menu. We changed the name. It was called Pepperoncino. And you got three of the Pepperon- Aussies people running. Pepperoncino. Pepperoncino's Cafe. And we're like the Aussie's family. We're like, oh, I don't think that really suits us. Um, <laughs> um, so, like, so we changed it to Benny and me. So my brother's Benny and then it's the me's the me. Um, oh, he was cool. surfing, smoking doobies in Mexico. Um, so we try to include him somehow. I'm like, let's call it Benny and me. So it was, um, it, was, it was pretty cool. So we had a little family thing going and pretty quickly people loved the family angle. But we thought it was uncool. Because, you know, mm. dad's 55, mum's 60. Um, you know, I was 22, 23. I'm like, nah, it's not cool to be working with your parents. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, dad, you know, we need more coffee. Or can you get some more full cream milk? And someone's like, that's your dad? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, that is awesome. And people just loved it. Um, yeah, I think right. it gave it a bit refreshing for them. And yeah. we're from the area and we had no experience. So um, like other things I'm doing, sort of people were quite on the journey with us from early days because they're like, these guys got no idea what they're doing. They mm. get here at 5.30 and we're leaving at 5.30. So six days a week, yeah. we're in 5.30 to 5.30. Right. And people would see us going for a run in the morning while we're setting up. They would have gone to work at eight o'clock, come back at four and they'd walk the dog at five and they'd see us every time. Yeah. And they'd man. be like, wow, you know, so mm-hmm. like, that's pretty full on because we wanted to understand the business pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So after a while we were like, okay, it's, it's not really working out this small cafe. You know, you know, it's, it's very limited. 
So we had the opportunity to expand behind us. So people lived behind us and it was all the, the same um, landlord. So mm-hmm. we decided to roll the dice, take out a loan and expand. And we actually expand two sort of bedrooms behind us. So it was a nice long skinny cafe. And we added about 28 seats to it. Um, mm-hmm. And we had about 18 out the front. So we sort okay. of got to about 60, 70. And the day that we opened up, um, it just, it just filled out and, and it has really, uh, that was like two years ago, I reckon. So the next day it filled out, it was open um, and it just real pumping. It was just full all the time. And I, I think it was amazing to learn that, you know, people, and, and we noticed this and I'd stand at the coffee machine onto the, the front, the front of the, the main street and people would look in and see it was quite small and go, nah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whether yeah. it was a meeting, you got a pram, there's a group of four. Yeah. So yeah. It actually cancels out a lot of opportunity having a small Good space. Mm-hmm. So, so we expanded and the minute we did, people would look in and go, you got a table for four, yeah, bang, we're going to have a meeting for six, yeah, you can go to the back room. Mm-hmm. And it just was a whole different game. Mm. Um, so just people, anyone who walked past goes, oh, cool. And it was kind of new and the street had been the same for a while. So yeah. it, it was kind of a cool little growing journey. And for us with no experience, it was perfect. We had absolutely no one in for the first six months. <laughs> then we had about 20 people in every hour. And it was kind of, we grew with it. And I think with staffing and, and understanding everything, it actually really helped us starting small and growing big instead of mm. just taking over this big whopping venue everything going to crap and then sort of being overwhelmed. So mm. it was a nice little stepping stone for us. And I think we realized that once we started having customers in and we had a good rapport and people loving the coffees and the food was well-priced, we had all the students in, we yep. realized that, you know, we grew a bit of confidence. Like, you know, we're actually pretty good at this. We actually know our demographic really well. Um, and we're selling ourselves quite well as well. So mm-hmm. we're like, what's next? So there was a little um, laneway at the back, expanded a courtyard into that 30 seated courtyard. Um, got our liquor license, started doing cocktails, um, redid the front so it was a bit cleaner and had a big bar up there. So then we're open on Friday and Saturday nights, um, doing some massive numbers on a Friday and a Saturday. The area was just begging for it. Really? So it was kind of awesome. It was kind of just, we, and I think a good example is I've lived in the area um, and I look on commercialrealestate.com and I'm like, where else would I do something? And I'll just be too scared to do it anywhere else because I know Essendon, Mooney Ponds and Ascot mm. so well. Mm-hmm. that it kind of gave me and you know you just know the area really well so yeah we expanded 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 and now we're at about 125 seats we've got about 17 18 staff it used to be five two, including two of us um three chefs a dishy um all these um and this is one of my favorite things as well we we got all these really young people in that were all friends with each other it was a huge mistake at the start absolutely um, I had no hospitality <laughs> background at all yes um, now they're the loudest they were so shy. You couldn't, they wouldn't even tell the, the customer the price of the, the bill. They'll just show it to them. Um, and now they're like, oh, thanks so much. You know, so it's really cool to, to sort of see us grow, the venue grow, all of our staff grow. So it's, it's been a great little journey. And I think um, having that sort of ownership of it and, and being given that accountability early, it's, it's been awesome to see the accounting working with staff, covering shifts when people are bloody hungover. <laughs> I used to do it, so it's a bit of karma. Um, so it's, it's been a really, really cool sort of hospo journey. And um, I think I've just gone for it since day one. And I've been lucky to have the support of it. You know, my, brother, my brother's there now since his holidays. So I've got my brother, my dad, mm. um, and, and all the staff that have been there for four years since day one with us. So we've got a great little foundation. And um, I, I just love it. You know, you stand in the shower at 5.30 in the morning going, oh, yeah, I love this. <laughs> what am I doing? And then you have a strong latte and then you're just like, right. And you're just chewing people's ear off. Mm. Yeah. Power on. So I just love it. But it's, it's been a, 
been a great journey and then I've just learned so much from hospitality and just got so much out of it. How do you guys, um, how do you get the three, three of you, maybe even four of you with your mum, like how do you sit down and make decisions about a business which has grown three or four different, you know, times during those couple of years, Tim? Because, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. it's, it must be challenging in a family business, right? It's the trickiest thing is the, the interior design because you've got a 23-year-old opinion and you've got a 55-year-old opinion. Yes. And you've got two options. You've got two options. I pick the pastel pinks and they pick the safe. They, they, they pick the safe, you know, uh, grey. Neutral blue or something. Black. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I'm loud. I want to be wild. But, um, but, but in saying that, it's been the recipe, like the, the, the key to our recipe and all of our rooms. You know, we've got like a military green room with some mango cushions and, you know, it's, it's, it's quite loud. But that was mum's idea. The right. mango cushions and the military green paint. It's dark. Um, but, you know, at the start, her idea was, you know, in our first development of room, her idea was let's paint it white. And we stripped back the wallpaper and there was a, a, a blend of pink and pale blue. And she goes, oh, actually, I quite like it. Let's just leave it. Mm. So you could see her ideas and her excitement and, and, and style grow as well with the cafe. And, and then I'm starting to check her ideas now. So it's a really nice blend because we, our demographic is wild. Like we've got a couple of competitive cafes yeah. um, and they've got your, your AFL stars, your B grade celebs, mm-hmm. your, your, your AMGs pulling up out the front, humming in the loading zone and they don't even yeah. care. You yeah. know, they cream it. But we've got every student, every oldie, every parent, still your cool trendy dudes because they're sitting out in the courtyard at the back with all the natural bricks and stuff. So we've kind of got a great little recipe because I think of our, our team being young and old and, you know, especially with pricing, you know, I might go high and mum would be like, no, I'd never pay that. Mm. Um, you know, some of the desserts, mum's like, I'd love to have that with a coffee. And dad's like, yeah, I'd have that with a coffee. I'm like, who has dessert with coffee, isn't it? You go there and have your big brekkie and your coffee and your, 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 your boot. You bugger off. So yeah. we've got a really nice, good blend of everything. Um, it's taken years to, to figure out. We've had 20 hedgehog suppliers because we're all fussy going, that's too dry. No, that's too <laughs> coconutty. You know, like it is difficult, but yeah. it's a really good recipe to to get the right mix of everything. So it's been, it's been quite a good mix and we share the load. So me and Ben, we're in the trenches every day. You know, we're doing 40, 45, 50 hours. I'm doing all the socials. He's ordering milks and talking to coffee suppliers and mum and dad are doing the accounting, staffing, rostering, um, lots of the other orders and dealing with all the crap ends of it. Mm. Um, the bass, the this, the that, that, they do all that. So we've, we've, it's actually great. Um, you know, we've all stuck to our strengths. We're young with the energy. We'll do that part. You're a bit older. You'd rather sit in front of the computer and and, and punch in receipts. Sweet. So we've got to <laughs> Go do a really good. Mix. Yeah. So at, at, at the start, it was scary, but mm. um, we've, we've found our mold now, so it's nice. Do you like being that kind of underdog kind of cafe rather than the the one where the you know the um, all the guys from Essendon uh, Footy Club come and rock up, you know, with their misses yeah. and that kind of stuff? Do you like do you like being the sort of one that people? It's sort of like a secret that. Benny and me yeah. is so fucking good, you know? I absolutely love it. So <laughs> we, have, we have an A-frame off, right? Mm. So both cafes are an A-frame. And in, in, our, in our first 18 months, I would copy them. Right. And now I reckon they're copying us a little bit, you know? So, we're, so we've stuck to our strengths and we have like ridiculous schnitzel rolls. So mm-hmm. we're, we're surrounded by healthy venues. So we're like, mm-hmm. stuff it. Everyone can come to our cafe and have their cheat day. So yes. schnitzel rolls, burgers, palmas. We've got our salads and stuff, but... We've just got really wholesome food and mm. we realized what's the point of trying to be trendy like them? Let's just stick to our guns and have mm. quality size serving meals, reasonably yep. priced, 
not over the top with ridiculous garnishes. And that's just people, that's what you want when you're hungry sometimes. You don't yeah. want flamboyantness. Yeah, when, you, yeah. when you've got nothing in your gut and you're starving, you just want to, a quick Mr. Benny, you know, you know Benedict, you know, mm-hmm. no bells and whistles. It's, so we don't complicate things. And once we realised that, we just stuck to our guns and our pricing was fair. Um, they've brought their pricing down. They've gone less crazy with their menu. They had these crazy-ass salmon dishes. And now they're back to chilli scramble, veggie fritters, smashed avos, the, the cores. Which yes. is, you know, so they've, they've come back into our lane a little bit. And, mm. Um, you know, people say, don't worry about competition, but I reckon it's refreshing. I, I, yeah. I, I enjoy it. Keeps you on your toes, right? De- we've got completely different demographics and I'm pinching mm. ideas from them and they're pinching ideas from us, I, I think, anyway. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a good, good little mix. And I think um, my, my favourite bit about the, the 1v1 with the cafe is, is, is booze, right? So they've yes. got their loyal customers that go in every single day, but we start selling alcohol and after four o'clock on a Friday, we've got all of their customers in drinking <laughs> alcohol. So it's kind of like, oh, did we just win? <laughs> <laughs> I think so, because you know, you're, cool, you're the cool one and they're just taking them for the traditional stuff. It's yeah, so cool. it's kind of like, oh, I think we've just kind of just snagged them on alcohol and we've got better margins <laughs> than your lattes. So you can have them for the lattes in the morning. We'll take them for the frothies after. <laughs> so it, it's, 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 it's cool. Yeah, I have enjoyed it. I've always, um, I've always wondered why uh, my thinking was I've over bought a restaurant, um, oh, sorry, a cafe that I would put a liquor license attached to it and make sure that I traded on a Friday and Saturday night for booze till like eight o'clock. I really love the fact yeah. that you're, you're doing that because just, it just makes sense. It, it, it really um, concerns me that cafes shut at four and then that's yeah. it. You know what I mean? They can't yeah, think of those yeah. extra hours they can actually make money. So credit to you, man. Well, cool. What was amazing is between kitchen closing and six drinking time, we were doing tons of coffee and cake. Mm. So people wanted that afternoon hit at five o'clock. Um, and then once we got known in the area for being open late, people were coming at five, six o'clock and having a coffee, having yeah. a chat, sitting in the courtyard because mm-hmm. there's a lot of space. So there's no like, oh, we shouldn't go there and take up spot and chat for 45 minutes over mm. um, a coffee and a cake. But it was a perfect timing. So we kind of had some nice little flows of moments and demographics and, and offerings throughout the day. And, um, and then you do a happy hour with one li- uh, half litre peronies and you're on. You know, it's not, <laughs> not very complicated. Um, so again, we just gave the people what they wanted. Three reds, three whites, peroni on tap, couple of craft beers, nothing crazy. It's not our demographic. Pizzas, arancinis, I don't know, wedges. Basic stuff you know, done like, really it's, well, It's right? simple. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just simple stuff. And um, people enjoyed the offering, pump the music in the courtyard. We'd stay open to like 10, 11 o'clock, depending on Shit. how busy That's it great. was. And on a Friday, mm-hmm. you know, I got to sort of 10.30 and there's some groups in there. And so mm-hmm. it, it was good. And it was just another great revenue stream. Like it yeah, just, just made it sense. It took us to a whole new level of our, of our, our weekly profit. Like it took us to a whole new level. Mm. Um, a level that we, didn't, we thought was going to take another renovation to get to and mm. uh, another price increase on our menu. But all of a sudden it, it's pizzas, one chef, one behind the bar, one running. So four people running a night shift, pouring tap beers and flinging pizzas. And it was, it worked out really Simple. well. It was yeah. quite tiring though, because mm. you just never shut if you're open on yeah. a Friday and a Saturday night all night. And then yep. you've got to back it up in the morning sometimes. So mm. it was difficult, but it was definitely worth it. And um um, yeah, we're not doing it at the moment, but I'm looking forward to bringing it back. I think people will be itching for it. So it'll be a nice time for it. So let's talk about what's happening at the moment. Cause obviously you've, you know, 
you with your brother and, and your dad have, and your mum have built this amazing business, taking it a couple of different levels and um, all yeah. of a sudden COVID happens and you can't seat people. Like what's, um, what's happened to Benny and me since, you got, since COVID's happened in March? Yeah, so the, the first sort of phase was, was okay. And I think, um, again, it touches on our family and our local and our, and our older demographic that mm. every one of our customers was in walking distance. They didn't come mm. from other suburbs to take a photo with a quirky neon sign or something like that. It was very, very solid community based. Mm-hmm. Um, and so early days in the thing, we were getting slammed with takeaway coffee. Like That's cool. we, we went from about 50 or 60 kilos to 70, 75 in that sort of shit in, in that sort of first three or four weeks, it was intense. And, um, yeah. and we didn't expect it. So coffee guys coming over every two days, dropping off another 10 pack and, it was really, really hectic, and mm-hmm. I think that was it was credit to our, our, our local customer base, um, and and also people just needed an excuse to get out. You know, that was when no one was even going to the city that that first yeah. stage as well. Yeah. No one was going to the city. No one was getting on trains. Mm. It was your working from home, but you know, people were still going to the office a little bit more or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and people were getting fined for driving around practicing their rails. You know what I mean? So everyone was literally <laughs> home. Yes. So we had a lot of our, our customers coming in and not just once coming three times when they usually used to come once to right. break up their day in three parts, Interesting. morning and afternoon. And then, you know, maybe come get a fresh juice later mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. get out. So mm-hmm. we're seeing people more frequently, but, but less variety. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool at the start. And we have a giant sort of um, concertina window at the front of our venue, which is a nice bench seat. We, pulled out display fridges and it looks like a little mini canteen or, or takeaway section. Mm-hmm. The doors open, display fridges behind us, all our drinks arranged, cauldrons of takeaway soup and stuff like that. So we turned our little takeaway into like a little cube of takeaway goodness. Yep. Um, and we were just flinging pies, soups, frittatas, whatever it was. And um, we, we always usually have that offering because again, because it's a bit of an older demographic, I don't want a big party meal to be yeah. a slice of quiche or frittata. Um, yeah. So we were just hocking them a lot, like smashing it. But um, again, the number's way down, but less staff. And we, we kind of smashed ourselves early. So it was just our core family working every single day um, to try and keep the cost down. But eventually things were going pretty well. It wasn't overly stressful at mm-hmm. the start because we still had a nice number of takeaway. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of recently we've started taking it back a notch and we're working a bit less, getting other staff on. Um, again, the cool thing about having younger staff was they all live at home and study online. So yes. they weren't really under pressure to, you know, if they hadn't been working there for a year, they weren't under pressure to need shifts. So we yeah, were quite lucky right. to have a few more staff saying, hey, I've got rent to pay. If you need staff, can I work? And I'm like, done. And everyone else is like, well, we'll take this opportunity to study more, just relax. It's That's fine. really cool. So we're very mm-hmm. fortunate with our staff to actually have a nice flow into, I need to pay rent. You do the bulk of the shifts. And mm. the girls that weren't paying rent, they were just like, can I come in? I'm bored. And they were just <laughs> coming in, do some dishes for a while. And we've got someone carshering the courtyard. We've been putting an extra layer of varnish on floorboards. So we've been doing a lot of little jobs like that and yeah, getting nice. staff in that. Um, we're, we're struggling like that. So we've taken it in our stride. We never saw it as a negative from day one. We just thought we just have to just change the way we do things. And so the minute it got changed day one, we moved to the window. It wasn't, um, and you know, I don't know, you know, it wasn't that like dwelling on it or being too frustrated with circumstances like, all right, well, let's just flog takeaway, mm. have a bit of a rest. Yeah, it should be fine. So that's what we've done. Takeaway window, copies, takeaway food. Um, and mind you, we don't use Uber or anything like that. We're, we're, yep. we're a hotline bling. 
call us on our on our on our home phone um, yes. and come and pick it up. No no surcharges, no complications. We're chatting to you. We'll put it through our system. Come and pick it up. Um, and it's been good. So we might do less orders, but at least we're keeping all the margin <laughs> and, and controlling it. So so it hasn't been as bad. Yeah right. Is it um? Have you found the fact that you've obviously you've traded during this you know during both lockdowns, but you know there is there is some losses of money. There is some challenges about having to close down a full, having to close down the first time in March, then reopen to takeaway, then reopen to customers inside your venue, then close down and go to takeaway again. Like, has it been, has it been harder for the business and for the team the second time around? Or are you guys just like, cause you're super fucking positive, right, Tim? So like, are you just yeah, taking it and yeah. just, just moving Well, forward? the second time is when we've all had more time off. So I had three yeah, days right. off last week. Dad had four. Mm-hmm. caught up on all this accounting stuff, mm-hmm. did all this sort of back-end crap he hadn't done in a while that he'd been putting off and mm-hmm. refreshed insurances and did all those crappy jobs yeah. that he's been yeah. meaning to do. He's, he's done them for the last couple of weeks and loved mm-hmm. them. Um, yep. So he, he feels like ahead of everything. Mum's been doing all the back-end ordering stock takes, which we never do, um, <laughs> which we should do. Um, yes. So all these little things we've been able to do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been the second time around saying, right, well, we're not bending over backwards again. Let's get our staff in working. Um, uh, to be honest, that period where we could have 30 in, wasn't, uh, sorry, 20 in, but we could have 10 on the courtyard, so it's 30 for us, yeah. was amazing. So we had only a third of our staff in usually, but mm. we kept the takeaway window, which we'd operated in. Yeah. And then around us, we had all of our seating. So we had 30 in. Um, for us, our kitchen would get overwhelmed when there's 80 orders at once. You know, yeah. Typical hospital always happen. 80 orders at once. Mm-hmm. They've been standing and waiting for 35 minutes for an order and yep. 80 at once. Yeah. The third, the, the, having 30 flowing per hour, we didn't do seating, but it almost staggered even better. Mm. Um, so we're pumping out meals and people were there for you know, only a short time on a Monday to Friday because in between work, you know, yep. you shouldn't be there for longer in general. So we were yep. pumping meals out really quick. Mm-hmm. and had our takeaway window. So anyone that wasn't comfortable with coming and sitting in a, in a room with other people, mm-hmm. we had our takeaway window still pumping. So mm-hmm. takeaway window was grinding. We had 20 people behind us and the courtyard was loaded with people. So it was almost as good, to be completely honest, as it was pre-COVID because what we were doing takeaway was bigger, faster, quicker than what we would do with a full venue open and people coming in and you know, it was, just, it was just a lot smoother and a lot nicer. And it was a lot more stressful and intense because yeah. um, you had to manage the floor better, the, obviously the cleaning, the checking in. The yes. takeaway would come in some really wild um, stages. Mm. But numbers-wise, it was just as good because it was just we're flogging takeaway and people were sitting eating and we're turning them over quick. It was a really nice balance of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we're doing these great numbers going, sweet, you know, this could be our new thing even after COVID. Yeah. Get this takeaway yeah. window, maybe have a, you know, sort of a, a bit of a break behind it to stop the wind coming in the venue. Yeah. And maybe that's our, our new play. Um, but, yeah, going back to this later stage, it's been right. Let's just take the foot off the gas because that was pretty hectic because we're trying yeah. to work it out. We don't know what we're doing. No. We're trying to work no. out how, how this is working. We ran out of cups. We've had every different colored cup from this company. Um, in the last four or five weeks because they run out, we didn't order properly, um, all that sort of stuff. So it's been yeah. a bit mad like that with the takeaway stuff. But um, now we've taken our foot off the gas and I guess later on we can talk about it. It's actually helped grow this new concept as well, Trady Tucker, by not yeah. being at the cafe as much and seeing another opportunity. So 
Um, it's been a blessing in some ways. It's been helping us get a, a few extra sleep-ins, but, um, but we did have some amazing momentum before it, so it definitely was disappointing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying it's been a great thing. We had this, no. you know, every month was better for about six or seven months leading into December. Yes. And then, you know, bushfires, you know, people would sort of yeah, prioritise their spendings, which made perfect sense into COVID. So, yeah, um, we definitely have lost our momentum and, and, and everything, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Um, no doubt you'll, you'll get back to it, Tim. So I'm not, I'm not yeah, worried about no, that, no, my friend. Fine. I'm not worried about yeah, that. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's on. Um, let's talk about Bay Juice um, because yeah. I suppose that's how I first got to know about you and the brand um, through that sexiness. Yeah. And, um, so let's talk about how that started and, and, and how it's going. Cause it looks like it's going gangbusters. So yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's starting to get some momentum now. And um, I, th- I think um, to keep it hospitality focused, the, the structure and the birth of Bay Juice was from having that intense working lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, you know, running and owning a cafe and working there all the time and, and doing the accounting and managing staff and ordering social media, everything. So mm-hmm. um, I think I was sort of peak Benny and me when I went to Korea and met Sumin. Uh, so I'd already, I'd been seeing my partner for about a year. Yep. And it was finally time to go to South Korea and uh, meet her family, which cool. was pretty awesome. You know, I was yeah. a lot taller and, and a lot paler than everyone. And I'm just rolling around <laughs> my fair hair um, and, you know, lanky as hell. And yep. I still out like uh, I just took out so much there, stuck out, took out well. Um, but anyway, and so peak um, in the middle of Seoul, just loving it, living life. It was really cool meeting all swimming friends and family, and um, just unleashing. Um, just going out every night. It was with her high school friends, her work friends, her family. Oh wow! Was, Catching up a lot of time. Every second night doing something, um, mm-hmm. and it was, it was a slow start. Going, no, I'll take it easy, and then it was turned into right. Let's go sing Bon Jovi karaoke or something. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something along those lines. It was awful. But yes. um, spending so much time going in there, uh, over there, and, and sort of indulging in the culture is, um, uh, it was sort of where Bay Juice was born. And, and Sumin and her friends kept giving me this little can of pear juice every time we went out, saying, You're going to have a shocking hangover. Um, your eyes are red. You haven't drank any water or barely eaten. Make sure you drink this. Mm. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll be fine tomorrow. And I, I kept slamming this drink in. Um, I was waking up a lot fresher and I never really thought much of it. And until the next night, I was like, oh, I'm drinking this again. I'm like, oh yeah, I had that last night. Maybe that's why I felt better this morning. Oh, maybe it's because I, maybe I didn't drink that much last night, but who am I kidding? Um, <laughs> and so, so I kept waking up fresh and it got to the point was what is in this juice? And so it means mm. like, oh, it's just pear juice. And um, I was having lunch with some of her friends and I'm like, what, well, don't you know that pear juice helps you hangover? Specifically cream pear. And I was like, well, well, nah. And everyone was a bit of like a bit of a der moment for everyone going, as if you didn't know that. Um, and then, you know, you go to their 7-Eleven fridges and there's a hangover aisle. Um, there's oh a God. white collar and a blue collar hangover drink. Same thing, <laughs> but, but just targeted, market, you know, marketed differently, which Pre- I love. Premium, yeah, so, premium glass yeah, or so, something. Yes. So, oh, who drinks more, the, the white collar or the blue collar? Because it's, it's the pretty toe-and-toe there, actually. Yes. Um, so it, it was mind-blowing. I did all this research, asked Sumin's mum, She's like, yeah, I'm from the most famous area in Guangzhou called Naju, where the most famous pear is for oh, the, wow. the land and the agriculture there. It's a really special place. Wow. Um, and it's been known for thousands of years for producing good pears. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. So I learned all about it, thought it was cool. Came back to Melbourne and started chatting with my business partner now, Liam and best mate. Um, chin wagging away about it. We went to the local cream store and they had a couple of sachets there, purchased all of them, drank it woke up a bit fresher. So the candy in Korea had sugar. 
So mm-hmm. we said to Sumi, where can we find 100% pear juice? And she goes, oh, let's mm-hmm. go to the supermarket and find it. So we had found it, tried it, it worked again. We were like, right, let's go find some more. We couldn't really find it in Melbourne, which was a relief. You had something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I brought about 100 of them from these different supermarkets, brought them all out. And um, cafe-wise, I had it in my milk fridge, whipping up lattes on a, on a Friday. Anyone who I thought was going to have a drink that night, try this juice, here's your latte. Um, let me know how you go the ne- next Monday. So I did all this market research out of a coffee machine. It was awesome. Wow. Um, young and old, here's a pear juice, here's your coffee. Drink this before you go out tonight. Um, mm. And a couple of people came on Monday, 30-year-old uh, optometrist saying, what was that? I felt great. I smashed pints. Um, I felt pretty good. A few other people pulled up really well. And I was like, wow, well, this is pretty cool, actually. That they have given me the time and day to tell me the feedback on it. And B, they thought it yeah. worked. They were, it worked. So CSIRO had done a little research, proven it had worked, did a bit of placebo, study with it. And that was enough for us to go, right, let's go fly to Korea and find some pear. Um, and I, I, wish I, 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 wish, I wish I could wow. remember the process better because it sounds so crazy, but I can't remember it being any other way. Um, so I was like to zoom in, you know, prep your dad. Um, he'd owned a denim factory, a karaoke bar, a, a bar bar. He, he'd done it all. He, right. he was a bit of a, a hustler. He just, he knew the area quite well. And I said, call him, tell him to find a pear, pear juice um, manufacturer and we're going to go pitch him. And we, we flew over a couple of months after just being there. And again, right. cafe wise, trying to get to a cafe again to go find some pear juice was um, quite difficult. <laughs> just go to Korea and find some pear juice. <laughs> <laughs> Having just had a holiday. Wow. Um, so I was going back over and um, it was a seven day trip. So we got off the plane, met Sumin's dad in Seoul. Um, he didn't have a meeting book for us. We still were figuring that out. Um, we caught a train at five in the morning to Gwangju, which is like, I say it's like a, a Brisbane or something, not as big as Melbourne and Sydney, but still yeah. pretty big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you, you feel me, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly like, what you um, mean. Well, Seoul's are, not, as, not as glamorous. Seoul's a full-on place to go and visit. Like insane. It's intense. It just doesn't right? end. When you're flying over, is that the CBD? And she's like, no, we're still like 20 minutes away. <laughs> like, right. Yes. Uh, so that, 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 it's massive. So mm. we, we went to Guangzhou. We went to Sumin's auntie's restaurant. shows a restaurant. Um, we didn't have any meetings booked. So we, we stayed there. And above there, there's a house. And we, we slept there. And in the morning, she's like, I've got it. I've got the biggest supply of hair. It just came to me. So... We went and had a meeting with this massive pear farm, um, shorts, t-shirt, Sumin's tats all over, I'm um, tats all over my legs. Um, 20, 23, go to this business meeting with a few bowl cut, serious businessmen in suits. Um, we're sitting in this meeting. Sumin's auntie came along for the ride. She's like, oh, if I'm going to drive you, I may as well come in the meeting. She was still wearing her bottom half apron because she runs the restaurant. She's a chef. Sumin's dad was there. Her, her uncle came. So we're, there's six of us in this meeting. No one even knew what was going on. And, um, her uncle was making tea. Um, the auntie was was talking, and all the all the businessmen were laughing. It was such a different way of doing business. It was so lax. It was wow. amazing. Wow! It, it was he, he, the, the the uncle's in the kitchen making tea. You know, he doesn't yes. even know. That he, he just went found the kitchen, put the kettle on, and starts <laughs> making him tea. There's no so communication. Cool. Do you want me to make tea? Where's the kitchen? He just went yes. and did it, and he's making tea. Yeah, it's like it was, his, it his own place. Like, yeah. how, cool, how, cool. how cool is that? Yes. So we had this meeting, and then we're trying all this pear and. I had an A4 document of um, it said Coles, 790 stores, Woolworths, 950 <laughs> stores, Dan Murphy's, 250. And I just had like 4,000 stores written out in retailers, handed them the A4 saying, this is who we're going to hit up if, you, if we make a cool pair juice. And they're like, oh, wow, lots of stores. I'm like, yeah, mate, we'll get in there. And he's like, wow, that's pretty cool, actually. I'm like, we drink heaps of piss. I think we spent, <laughs> I, I read it, like 
I was like, I, th- oh, I think we spent like 15 billion on alcohol last year. I just read it somewhere. It probably could have been completely false. Goes, <laughs> wow, that's, that's amazing. So lots of stores, lots of alcohol spendage. This is how we're going to market it. I'm going to do it all. Don't worry. And they go, cool. Shook hands. Like, Let's go tour the, the warehouse. Um, so we put a hairnet on, gumboots on, and he gave us a full tour of the manufacturing plant. And he goes, this is where your product will be. This is how we're going to do it. And then it was a handshake at the end. He goes, well, I'm not sure how confident I am with you, but if you can build a business, a brand and, and, and a marketing strategy and you can show it to me in the sort of the next six to nine months um, to sort of put your money where your mouth is, then we're all yours. And I guess that six months we, we built a brand, called an accountant from the old footy club I used to play at. How do you start a business? He's like, come in tomorrow. How much money do you have? I'm like, none. He goes, all right, we'll pay me back later. I'll set it up for you. Um, and that's kind of how we rolled. And we, we built a brand, a designer who worked at a really corporate business. We said, we want to do a cool brand. Stop doing corporate stuff. Come and do a cool brand. She's like, cool. Charge us next to nothing. Couple grand for website, product, brand, concept, everything. Any extra branding. It was this couple grand to set it up. So we had no money, no capital, no idea what we we're doing. And um, sort of December 2018, we said to the pair farm, we're ready to place an order. And they, how many do you want? And we're like, Let's just do 50,000. Um, and because and we spoke to a few people, they're like, you've got to hand out tons. Yeah. You can't be caught without stock. Um, and so we're like, right, um, we've got the bill for it. And we're like, shit. How are we going to pay, pay for this? For and then, well, I, I spoke to Sumin's dad, he doesn't speak English. And I was like, could you reckon you could pay for the first shipment? Like, yeah, <laughs> if I go, all right, let's do it. Um, and so we, we, we flew over again, December 2018. And oh. the idea was to, to, to video all the manufacturing and to video me and Sumin taking out the money from the, 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 um, the, the bank and meeting Sumin's dad. We went and made a year's worth of kimchi in the middle of Seoul. I mean, sorry, outside of Seoul in the countryside with Sumin's grandma. And we videoed all this really cool footage. And at the end of it, Sumin's dad's like, this is awesome. Um, let's do it and so we went to the bank and he exchanged twenty five thousand or thirty thousand dollars just to yes. kick us off wow. um um and it was excluding all logistics and some other costs but you know i, I got my dad on that one um so <laughs> dad's has to be so, even so right yeah we had our first shipment coming the product that actually landed we hadn't paid for it and they didn't okay. care they're like no it's fine don't worry about it. it's all good we believe wow. in you um, wow. we really want australia league to work and I said to him, I was like, oh, look, this Australian dollar is awful. What are we going to do about it? And they go, yeah. oh, don't worry about it. Actually, don't pay us for two more weeks. We'll set up an Australian bank account for you. You can pay us in a fixed Australian unit price. So we pay our supplier and set up a fixed Australian dollar price and That's... we don't have to pay before it lands. So they just love us now. We've got an amazing relationship. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we've reordered this. So we've ordered 100,000 in 12 months since through them. And so they love us. It's, it's a new revenue stream. It's exciting. They've promoted it in Korea that, you know, they've got a new uh, Australia league. They're exporting this amazing product to Melbourne, Australia. And everyone's like, wow, it's sick. So it's, it's a win-win for everyone. I went and met the, the head of Naju, that area. I met the, uh, the mayor. He's like, mm. oh, the, the Australian Beijing guy. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, whatever we can do to help you, we're in. You win, I win, APC wins, everyone wins. So if you need anything, just, just holler at me. I was like, sweet nose, mate. He's like 60-year-old, give me his card and he can speak English. And it was, he just kept looking at me every now and then and going, a speaking thumb and a wink. So I couldn't understand, but it must have been good. So it was a crazy, man. It was insane. Logistics, they, they charged us an extra 3K because I, I pretended to play dumb and I thought they might help me. Um, instead, they, they took me for a ride. <laughs> Borrowing money off dad. We gave out 20,000 units. We 
Um, we, we used the Kennard's storage unit with, um, you know, hipsters with their bikes, dads with their lawnmowers, and there's 50,000 bajuses in a 20 square meter um, storage facility in, um, um, in this place in Flemington. And uh, it was just insane. And in, in that first two weeks, we gave out about two and a half thousand units just to wow. get people pumped. Um, mm. And that was just us driving around for 13 hours a day for about seven days. And between two of us in our mum's hatchbacks each, we yes. delivered about two and a half thousand units. It was hectic. We got all the hype around it. And, you, you know, we had our, our first, our first stockist was Benny and me cafe. So that was an easy, <laughs> easy I'm, gl- um, that I'm glad they took an order. That was good. <laughs> yeah, it was our only stockist for about a month. And um, from there, it was just pitching independence. It was just grinding. It was getting our e-com site up sort of by May, sort of six months later. You know, six months later after it landed, we decided wow. to sell online. We had no marketing <laughs> strategy. We were working full time. We had no budget. Um, and, and I guess to not talk for too long, but we had an article in the Daily Mail, Urban List Broadsheet, a lot of like drinks, trade, small business, um, insider, inside FM. So we had all these great articles, mm-hmm. um, bolstered our credibility. We got onto Dan Murphy's only online. Um, and they said to us, and this was our, our favorite part of the journey. They said to us a big fat no, um, early last year. So there's no way we're going to stock you in store. Um, why did they say why appropriate? Well, they thought it was going to encourage drinking. Um, oh, and, okay. you know, we had to hold our yeah, right. We said, but I understand, but you also sell bottles of vodka, got 26 standard drinks in it. Um, yes. you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. like you can drink 25 drinks in about 50 sips. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. Um, but we're just selling a little pouch that's 100% natural and has proven to be good for you. But, but anyway, so we said, fine, that's okay. Totally understand. We went and creamed it online. We're in the top 5% of non-alcoholic beverages sold on their platform. Um, had 10,000 people visit just our page in, you know, a matter of sort of five or six months and orderings were going really well. And then it got to early this year and we said, hey, we reckon you should stock us. Let's do a trial. Let's get us in stores. And they said, you know what? Fair enough. You know, the, the stats speak for themselves, which was, you know, looking back on it, it was pretty cool to get a no. We worked our butt off. We sacrificed mm-hmm. a lot of margin on our own store, yeah. um, on our own site to, to really push stands to get some, get some, um, some stats there. Mm-hmm. And then now we're in 10 in Melbourne and five in New South Wales. And over the last four weeks, there's been four or five in Melbourne that have ordered every Monday after the weekend. Um, sales are still going well. So we're pretty excited with that. We're in about 100, 100, 100 plus stores now. Talking to some big retailers wow. and um, still winging it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been awesome. It's, it's, been, it's been crazy. It's been full on. I've still been working five days at the cafe every week since. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, just making it happen. I've just, I've got so much belief in the product and, and, and with having made the cafe work with Beiju sort of getting past that first 12 to 18 month stage. Um, I just feel like, you know, the, anything's possible. What do you, what do you think? I don't want to touch on it uh, too much more, but like, what do you, what do you think you yeah. want to do with Beiju? like, do you want to, um, like, do you see it be like, are you going sort of Red Bull style with this and just want it to be the super uber cool brand that yeah. everyone wants yeah, to have? Definitely. Do you want to, do you want to do you, when festivals come back up? Do you want to be, you know, um, um, part of the ticket price is a bay juice that people get on entry to yeah. drink? You know, like what's the yeah? What's well, the we, we just we just um, we just signed sort of a massive partnership with um, Darren Mail and Nick Russian, so a couple mm-hmm. of Hospo gurus. Yep. Um, so we're going to be at the next thirty together events with um, sort of a awesome. main bay juice event every now and then as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we sponsored the Derby Day Melbourne Cup Day party with them. Had a big Sweet. banner, said, you're not an alcoholic, you just love to, you just love a good time. And we had a few cheeky comments and handed out cool. heaps of stock. And 
it gave us a lot of credibility. Everyone's messaged me saying you're killing it. But it's like you realize it costs you money to be there and you don't make yes. any money from free stock, but yes. sure, I'm killing it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no yeah. Worries. Hopefully they'll but, buy but, it. Yeah, branding, exactly. Yeah, the brand exposure was great. Engagement with all the people we spoke with there afterwards because lots of influencers and notable people there and they're commenting on the page and sharing stuff and chatting to us every now and then so it was like okay right it's it's not there's not much of a return of um, investment in it but it does look like we're killing it brands Mm. out there and and when we're pitching retailers we're telling them we're going to work with an events company they go fantastic we want to make sure you're a busy brand if you're going to be on our shelves yeah no point putting you on our shelves if you're going to be silent and just and just fingers crossed they pay for the first shipment and then, you know, it all sells. No, we're going to be doing everything possible to make our brand nice and loud and fun. So mm-hmm. we're going to be working with them on all different events, sampling in ticket, in their ticket parcel and, and on the way there, you know, all, all sorts of different angles we're going to be playing on. Awesome. But I think the, the most exciting thing for me with Bajus is the content, where it can lead. I, I want to sponsor videographers. Uh, I want to sponsor, I want to do content collaborations with, anything man like, like all sorts of events whatever it is whether you're sponsor djs whatever it is it's just we can do whatever we want the brand's cheeky tone of voice very cheeky no rules it can be sold at it it can be sold in a tanning salon a nail salon yeah it absolutely. can be sold in a grocer bottle shop supermarket mm-hmm. organic store whatever it can be sold anywhere so it's so diverse mm. so i'm sort of looking forward to where it can take us and we're going to do a few different um a few different flavors soon, you know, maybe the hint cool. of ginger so we can just be a, a health drink mm-hmm. um, because it's got so many health benefits and rather than just having that sort of enzyme that helps metabolize, uh, metabolize alcohol. So we want to really build into a health drink as well. Um, so it's just like, where do we take this? But um, the momentum has been the hangover angle. We've gone yeah. with momentum. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's mm-hmm. a very niche product. And so to have the hangover sides really helped us. Um, and again, same as the cafe, you know, we have no experience in launching a product mm-hmm. absolutely none all i've done is consume them i've never actually sold one um mm. you know so, so all of a sudden it's it's just all this extra stuff to think about but the slow growth of it's been awesome um there's been no pressure Our overheads are low we i do the socials i do the pr liam does all the sales all the chatting we've got some consultants to help us get into larger retailers yeah that's it there's no yep. pressure on us and we can mm. grow with it and when it's ready to go to that next level we'll, we'll, we'll go there and there's been times we've had to reorder and ruin the negatives. We've had to borrow more money off dad, mm. get into debt in other places. And it's just been the ride of it. But, um, but no, we do. We want to be that Red, Red Bull style, lifestyle, exciting brand that people just love. Do you think that, do you think you'll um, almost use Bay Juice as a drink as well with booze in it? A bit like how Red Bull did with, you know, Jaegers and that kind of yeah. stuff. Do you want to go down that field or not really? I'm not sure. But- I don't think so. I'd rather go down the, the more profitable health field, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah. well, actually, no, probably a problem. alcohol. What am I talking about? Um, but but um, no, I don't, th- I don't think so. I want, I want to keep them separate so it doesn't, um, it doesn't conflict. But um, mm. it's, unless it's tested and tried and, and spot on, then, then we'll go guns blazing. But um, it's all food for thought for sure. Yeah. Be cool to have a um, like a bay juice mocktail or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or someone um, suggested putting a bit of a mimosa or something like that. Have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, I'm sure so you'll we'll figure see. something out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <clears throat> you've got a cafe. You've got a really cool brand in bay juice. Um, yeah. You're killing it during COVID times, and then all of a sudden you decided that you want to start a food truck business. Um, yeah. <laughs> how how has that come about, Tim? Because that is 
I think another. I think this is this is your third smart play. Um, like, how did that come about? And tell us what it's, it's about. It's funny. Um, so my business partner, Bid Bages Liam, he's um, he's got some great networks, um, and he was chatting to a few people, and they're just saying they're just even a couple of buildings. There's a, a few empty cafes at the bottom, so they're yeah. asking whether we want to implement Benny and Me at these buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, all it's asking for is a personable offering. Um, with some good customer service, it's all it's needed. But everyone yeah. that ends up taking over the lease there just hates their life and doesn't want to be there. So yes. no one goes there. Yes. So what, what everyone's doing is that cafe becomes empty and now people are eating lunch at Caltex or, or eating lunch <laughs> at, at Coles Express because there's yeah. not much else there. That's and then true. we notice lots of tradies loading up on lunch, getting a, you know, a Sanger, a pie, a, a protein bar or a chockey bar, a Coke and a coffee and spending mm. 25 bucks. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just consistent. Like it's servo food. And we were like, well, we could compete with server food easily. It's, that's not a hard concept to, to tackle. And yeah. um, there's all these level crossing removals going on. We're thinking about hitting up some trade unions. And mm. we actually had um, the Buckley Street um, level crossing removal right next mm-hmm. to our cafe. And um, what me, Dad and Ben is, we stayed open at two o'clock in the morning during the 24-hour occupation. And we did Palmer's Burgers um, and large coffees. And that was that's it. That's really smart. Um, mm-hmm. And so we'd had about 30 have come in um would make three or four hundred bucks in an hour um mm-hmm. not paying any extra staff mm-hmm. shut up shop wipe the kitchen go back home mm-hmm. um and then we'd be there at six o'clock waiting for them in the mornings and you know we would give them free coffees wouldn't charge them for a can of coke if they spent 20 bucks mm. a can of coke is 80 cents yeah. i've never ever in my life been given anything for free to venue before ever just mm-hmm. out of goodwill or as a good person mm-hmm. i give out so much free shit yeah, Coke, a coffee. It's the smartest play, right? If someone's spending thirty bucks a day and you give them a, probably a, a cost price of a two dollar item, yeah, you lose two dollars down the side of the machine or, or under yeah. the, under the grate, and instead you can you know you can win someone over with that two bucks. I used to so do that. I used to do that with yeah. um. I used to do that with my bakeries in my when I had my bakeries in my twenties. It's amazing how people get yeah. super excited about a, a a roll that costs you three cents to make. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you and give them six rolls and they go berserk, right? So, it's so we, we did a lot of that. Uh, we won them over. We, we won them over with um, a, a few cafes didn't like what was happening. Or not cafes, mm. a few venues hated the road under rail. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just said, stuff it, let's win them quick. We put menus in the dunnies, menus in the, the storerooms. We dad went and gave out A5 flyers saying, you bring this. And it just said, Palmer, Suva, Snitzels, um, <laughs> pies, egg and bacon. And then it said, bring this and get a free coffee. People would bring it, get a free coffee, and then they'd buy a Palmer and a, and a pie, whatever it was. So we targeted them quick. Yeah. Um, we built some great relationships. So um, Liam popped up and, and spoke to a few people at John Holland um, yep. and who, who've got the contract from about just about all of them. Um, and he said, hey, we want to do this. Me and my business partner who runs Benny and Me. And they go, oh, fuck, I remember Benny and Me. He's at the, the long-haired Yahoo. And I used to have the really long blonde hair. <laughs> He goes, is he still running around there? And he goes, yeah, he's still there. And he goes, that's what I'm doing. And he goes, come on in. So we went on in, had a meeting. And he goes, whatever you do, do not overcomplicate it. I don't mm. want to see feta, salami and rocket. I want snitzel, <laughs> tomato, lettuce. Whatever you do, don't overcomplicate it. And he was very firm with it. He goes, right. you overcomplicate it, you're gone. And he goes, if you say you're going to open at 6 a.m. and you open at 7, he goes, everyone's going to hate your guts and never come back. <laughs> so he goes, your business model, you need to sell snitzels lettuce, tomato, and you can never, ever be late. And he goes, right. if you do okay. that, you'll have 500 people come to you daily. And he goes, that's all there is to it. So we're right. like, okay, done. Let's do this. Let's, let's, let's get money. Let's buy a food truck. Let's, let's get permits. Let's set up a brand. 
Liam's like, let's call it Tradie Tucker. Again, not overcomplicating it. Mm. It's yellow like the safety sign. It's mm -hmm. black with a few spray painty sign. It's simple as, and our, our designer did it. She did it in about 30 minutes before we went into this meeting and we showed them, they go, that's great. Um, and then we were like, right, what are And go, okay. We looked at all these food trailers. Food trailers are going to cost us 15 grand. Let's get a new one. We don't want, um, we're not going to cook anything on site. So here's my hospitality experience. We are cooking nothing on site. We don't want to have a knife there. There's no knives in the vicinity. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no gloves. Everything's going to be wrapped. Everything's going to be completely transactional. It's mm -hmm. going to have a zero square pad. People are going to order a chicken and have a baguette. We're going to grab it out of the, the cold fridge or the display counter. We're going to give it to them. We're going to put through a coffee order and they're going to pay past it. And they're going to go wait over there. I'm going to call Jono or Damo in two more minutes <laughs> with a large latte with three sugars. Um, <laughs> so, so, so that's it. Salads, cold fridge, bang, there's your salad. Um, pies, hot pies behind us into a bag, serviettes and sauce are over there. We're not doing it. That's going to take us an extra four or five seconds. Yeah. So there's going to be four to 500 people on site. All the cafes in the area are closed or doing takeaway only. But also the beauty of the concept is John Holland don't want all their staff going into the community during a yeah. virus and coming back to a $250 million government paid for infrastructural like site smart yeah to get shut down because, yeah to get well to get shut down right that's the problem yeah so it's like do we help these kids get a trailer permits on and don't charge them rent and sort them out to save us potentially having the virus spread across the 250 million dollar site let's get these kids in here <laughs> and rock and roll and they go let's start next week so we're like done so we're going to start next week and we're like let's do it so we're going to found a food wholesaler his business has been really, really destroyed, yeah. more or less, from not yeah. being able to sell his food. Yeah. We came to him. He goes, this could really help us. So we're, we're helping him find his feet again. Amazing quality food. So it's in the city. Um, he's going to bring it all over. It's new business for him. He's like, I'll deliver it. I'll, I'll wrap it for you. I'll whack his sticker on it. Let's do it. You know, he's just pumped. So it's nice to find some of the energy. Coffee supplier. This, this guy. Um, so it's Inglewood Coffee. They oh, own yeah. tons of venues. Yeah. So, so been speaking guys. to Julian there, he's, he's mm -hmm. um, a good friend um, sort of over time and a good friend of my cousin. So he's an absolute champ. And um, he's like, yeah, we'll hook you up with coffee. I've got heaps of baristas, lots of them not working. Let's get them in. Let's get more workers in. So it's great. And then we're actually a part of John Holland's requirements and something that I, I mean, Liam, amongst all this, we actually host a TV show um, on Ticket TV. Oh, Ticket TV, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is about startups. We have a chin wag. We get on people we half know. It's good fun. <laughs> Um, and we actually met a guy who runs a company called Society Melbourne and he hires um, people that are just on the brink of being homeless and he gives them some mm. sort of more systematic routines in their life and, and gives yeah. them some, some awesome. training in hospitality. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, awesome, let's get him in. So he's like, mm. sweet, we've, we've been closed a little bit lately. So we've got four or five staff members we're going to have during that sort of first morning shift, sort of rotate Monday to Friday. Awesome. Um, so we've got a great little social procurement angle and that meant a lot to John Holland as well. So we're ticking all the boxes, COVID-free, social procurement, giving mm -hmm. an, an offering that these guys need on site. It also helps with productivity. Yeah. Um, because yeah, they're not going out, getting in there. You, they're not eating dirty crap like KFC as well, yep. which gives you no energy. So they're yeah. drinking Coke and fried chicken is no good for, you know, an eight-hour shift on the tools. So we're yep. giving them good, wholesome food. We're going to do some soups, warm them up, good coffee. Um, and it's as simple as that. And we, we realized, you know, with Beijing's borrowing money here, there, all this crap, we realized that we trade Tucker. It's going to, so we, we got five partners to put in five grand. You know, I, I had right. 5,000 saved up mm -hmm. sacrificing you know, my rent's a bit late, but you know, I'd rather put into trade Tucker. <laughs> um, that's all I had. So I'm back to zero now. Mm -hmm. So I had put the 5,000 in trade Tucker, got dad on board so he could help us with some of the staffing and the, um, the payrolls. 
Um, and hopefully the system is now we buy a truck, we buy the food, we sell the food and there's money left over. Yeah, That's right. the simple. Yeah, you cash flow positive from um, day one. Yeah. I'm not sure if this, is, if this is meant to be kept quiet or not, but there's no rent and the electricity we plug in on site. Wow. So it's a pretty good model. <laughs> That's um, a great model, yes. It's not bad. So, so yeah, and, and that, that was just finding a great concept and a good offering and them seeing the value in it, plugging it in. So um, it's been a bit crazy, but thanks to COVID, I've had extra days to put it together and the opportunity's grown. And uh, Liam's had, uh, he's been, he hasn't been working, so he usually works at the cafe and helps me mm. run it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now he's just going to focus on that. I'm going to stay at the cafe and, and do what I can with Trady Tucker and we're just going to go from there. So hopefully we're going to launch next Friday. Or on the 28th, we're meant to. We're going to go buy the trailer maybe on Monday. Okay. Paint it black, whack a big sticker on it, order some food, get the coffee machine installed, and hopefully flogging coffees by end of next week and we're on. Mate, so that's we'll exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. <laughs> um, mate, you're doing so much stuff. Like, how do, you, how do you keep... My last question to you is, like, how do you keep so level and, and making sure you're energetic in all these different projects and stuff? Like... Yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not fully sure lately. I, I had a period of time. I, I think Bay Juice was the most stressful and, mm. and, and energy sapping at the start. Sure. Because the logistics we didn't understand. Wholesale, someone's like, what do you wholesale it for? I'm like, oh, I don't know, a bit less than what we retail it for. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like I, I honestly didn't know these answers. And then, yeah. you know, we ran out of stock. We ran out of money. Um, someone didn't get their, 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 um, their purchase orders. Yeah. Just all this crap that kept going on. But... Now it's like, okay, I do all the marketing, Liam does the sales, we've got um, guys doing all of our retail approach and we've got a guru mm-hmm. doing our, our, our ads for our ads. And like, that's kind of it. So it's kind of simple now, it's, it's flowing. Um, we've got Nick and Darren to help us bring the hype and the brand awareness together and we just plug in new ideas. Uh, people email me with opportunities. I'll pop on LinkedIn saying, hey, do you want to be on this e-com site? Do you want to collaborate here? Do you want to do a competition? I'm like, sure. But that's mm-hmm. been 24 months of hard work where now some things are coming to me, which is quite yeah. nice. Yeah. So Bay Juice yeah. is just is working itself and, and it's really nice. And um, I think we underestimate its retail and, and how well it's doing on, you know, on shelves and it's going mm-hmm. nicely and funding mm-hmm. itself at the moment. Mm-hmm. Benny and me's cruisy. I go there. I enjoy it. I drink coffee all day. I have a lunch. I come home, do my emails, um, do some EDMs for Bay Juice. Trady Tucker, it's exciting. Um, so, you know, the excitement's like, cool, let's do this. Let's do this for our menu. And yeah. all of a sudden you're, so Benny and me, we got to create a brand and offering. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. We got mm-hmm. good at it. And mm-hmm. Bay Juice, I got to create a brand, got to, got to get good at it. And it's, it's sort of settled down. And now Trady Tucker build a brand. So I love, I love building brands. I, yeah. I, love, I love building concepts. And whilst Benny and me successful, Bay Juice isn't there yet. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of we can take the foot off the gas and, you know, that's still taking a lot of hard work and mm-hmm. we're not really making tons of cash from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Trady Tuck is in, in its early stage, but, but it's just that excitement of if we get there, how satisfying. It's already so satisfying, Bay Juice, getting that dance, getting that 100, 100, um, 100 store level. So it's really exciting. So I think the excitement's really what keeps driving me. Um, the hard thing is balancing a, a girlfriend in between it all. She wants to spend time with me. She wants to... You know, she ha- cracks it when I'm on my phone all the time and I'm eating, <laughs> checking emails or seeing what the competition's doing or seeing how yeah. other people are branding themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm just constant. I'm on my phone all day. Yeah. But, I, but, but that, that's helping me with, with launching a brand and figuring out what will and won't work. So that's sort of, it's tricky. So I've got to turn it off every now and then. I've, I've, got, to, I've got to watch a movie for two hours and put it on the other side of the room and, and, <laughs> and just do that. So it's hard, but at the same time, I think that might be helping me yeah. um, have that balance. So I yeah. switch off for an hour and then, I sleep better because I'm not doing it all night. 
So it is, it's pretty hectic, but then I've got great teams and partners on every one of them. So the family, Benny and me, Liam, Sumin um, with Bay Juicer and some of our consultants, Trady Tucker, we've got Liam's cousin on it. He, he needed something to, to sort of fill his time a bit more and he was quite passionate about only having some ownership over something. Mm-hmm. So we've got different partners in everything that are all helping steady the ship. So it's helping. I, I've realized what I'm good at now. I can come in and market things or give some crazy ideas that are sometimes dumb, sometimes good. And I've sort of found my cream at the moment. So I can come and do that instead of, have to do logistics, retail approach, deliveries. You know, it's not all that yeah, at the moment. work on what you're so good just at. Kind of work on what I'm good at, implement it. And, you know, I've still got a hundred other ideas I want to do at the moment. And, um, and to, to be completely honest, I had, I had a conversation with my dad yesterday and I said to him, I was like, I just feel, I just feel like it's a little bit unstoppable at the moment. I just, I want mm. to do 10 more things. And he goes, oh, mm. just steady on, steady on. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, to be honest, dad, I, 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 I'm really backing myself at the moment. I'm yeah. completely inside. I feel like I, I, can, I can do all three of these things and I can do mm-hmm. it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, okay. He goes, okay. But he always says, no, 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 just do one thing. Just do one thing. Yeah. No, nah, nah, I, I feel like I can operate on three um, mm-hmm. and, and, and do something else in between. I'm, I'm helping some guys launch a beer in the, in the summer, to be honest. With Gage Road Brewery. Um, <laughs> oh, massive cool. brewery in WA. So yeah. we're going to do a bit of a Melbourne-style surf brand. Um, and again, that's from all my PR contacts and levels of branding. So, awesome. and that's all I have to do. I don't have to do any logistics. It's just no. branding, audience, execution, a few of these ideas and that's it now. So mm. I've kind of found my, my, my jam. So that's where I'm at. And I think having that confidence in myself and not doubting myself just helps me be positive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heaps of doubt. And we talk about Beijus, me and Liam both had moments where we go, I don't know if funneling money into this all the times, what I want to do. Mm. Um, and then we realized, well, actually, this is where everyone stops. So that's why people maybe are unsuccessful. True. This is that, that moment of if we go again, maybe yep. that's the difference between successful and unsuccess- unsuccessful. Yeah, totally and I think agree. I've implemented that with hospitality as well as with, with Benny and me. If we just keep going, um, we'll reap the rewards and, and everything mm-hmm. will be fine. And it'll be, we'll look back and go, what a, great, what a great five or six years that was. That was awesome. Yeah, man. No. So, yeah, just, just going for it. It's, it's time to go for it. And, and I think for me, I, I was, uh, like I said at the start, I was loose. I was mm. wild early days. I got it out of my system and now I just want to crunch it out. So, um, you know, it's, yeah. But I, I still get pissed on Friday and Saturdays. I still watch the footy. <laughs> you know, I, I, still, I still have fun. So, it's, yeah, it took me a while to get the balance and a lot of fights with the misses. But, you know, we're there, I think. <laughs> Mate, I think you're, I think you're making... Um... Every, every road a winner, my friend. So I think um, Thank you're you, absolutely no, right. Just, just keep going. So um, because there's so much there, I'm going to make sure that I link up uh, everything that is um, you're involved with at the moment, Tim, in the, yeah. in, the show, <laughs> in the show notes to make sure that yeah. people can, uh, can follow you and, and figure out what the hell you're doing because it's all awesome stuff. Uh, no, I appreciate it. It'll be awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Tim. I really appreciate no, it. Thank you, mate. It's been gold. Thanks. I'm pumped. I loved it. It was great. Cheers, buddy. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. As always, please look in the bio of this podcast and always send me a voicemail message. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast or just follow us on Instagram under Open Pantry Consulting. Until next time, stay well.